Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. It is currently 1.33 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. All April, enjoy a free 2-liter Coke product with the purchase of any two large pizzas. Order online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. All right, uh, just before we bring aboard Jack Michaels, um, this we've got more text. It's, it's been an interesting day. We've had Christopher Steed come on the show and basically say the NHL needs to do more to protect their stars. And not that Spectre said that uh, they don't need to do that, but he just said that you can't compare uh, the NFL and the NBA to, to hockey. Here we go. Uh, this text comes in saying on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, how could Spectre say it doesn't involve injuries? Uh, is he saying that a vicious, violent cross-check like the ones Weber late to dry settle can't cause injuries? Wake up and call a game by the rule book before somebody gets seriously injured. Or maybe call eight or ten penalties. Don't tell me that the team's players won't stop doing that crap when they get five or six power plays scored against them in a game. And that was kind of Mark's argument. Well, nobody likes seeing games of seven or eight power plays. And the big one for me... It was the 0506 season. That was Crosby and Ovechkin's rookie year in the NHL. And, uh, Sid got a ton of power. I think he, he might have had in the fifties for power play points that year. And there's no question that a ton were scored on five on three. And today's officials are loath to give teams five on three. We welcome aboard, uh, Jack Michaels, who was calling the other game, uh, the night, the other game, uh, for Sportsnet, of course, as part of the Oilers radio network as well. Jack. We've talked about this ad nauseum over the years. You hate to be critical of the officials because what ends up happening is the 15% of the listeners or viewers that are not Oilers fans often are pretty aggressive. Hey, you're being a homer. You're being an idiot. So what I've tried to do is get down to the point, Jack, where I'm only doing it four to six times a year, even though we could do it on a fairly nightly basis involving McDavid. What did you see? What did you and Louis see? I know we had Louis on yesterday, but what did you see the other night on Wednesday against Montreal? Well, I mean, Wednesday was a little bit different than Monday. I, I thought Monday they just let him play, and I know that that one gentleman isn't necessarily a, a you know a fan of your a favorite of yours, but it was uh, you know I would say basically there was there was nothing going on Monday. You were just allowed to play however you wanted, and was the standard was set early uh i thought wednesday was different in the sense that i felt like the standard changed as the game moved along early on it became evident to me that we might have just a redo of monday and because i mean if you think about it montreal dumped a puck in and i think it was paul byron who was just wrestled to the ice and nothing was called 
and then there were a few a few trips where the Oilers went down and nothing was called. And that's that's the kind of game I anticipated moving forward. And then it started to change. I, I thought both the goalie tripping calls were of the phantom variety, and the Leon Dreisaitl interference call was just not a penalty. I mean, it was a check. I don't I don't know how else to describe it other than a check. So uh, I thought Wednesday's game, that's where you get, venture into, I'm not sure how well officiated the game was because the standard changed. I don't think players and coaches have a problem when the standard remains consistent over a 60-minute time frame. I think we end up talking about officiating much more when the standard does change within that 60 minutes. What did you think of the non-calls on Weber and the cross-checks on Dreisaitl? Well, I, I, I just told you. I mean, the, the Dreisaitl the penalty was not a penalty. I mean, it was a check. I, but, I don't the cross, but the cross-checks by Weber on Dreisaitl. Well, I mean, look, if, if she, and, and here's the thing. There's a famous, there's a famous story about uh, the 1975 AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh, where the tarp covering the field malfunctioned and the field became frozen at Three River Stadium. And Pittsburgh and Oakland were set to play, and the commissioner of the NFL at the time, Pete Rozelle, told Al Davis, the Raiders owner, "Well, it's the same for both teams." And Al Davis rightfully pointed out. No, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not the same for both teams because we have the speed to the outside. We have Cliff Branch. They don't. And that was the point of the other night. If Shea Weber is allowed to play like that, and if that's the standard set, and again, I have less of a problem with it if it's, if it's a standard that's held throughout the game. But if that's the standard, that favors Montreal. It doesn't favor Edmonton because Shea Weber, who similar to Mark Giordano, doesn't move as well as he used to, he can now be beat a little bit more often. Uh, and and so if he's allowed to play like that, it favors Montreal. It doesn't favor Edmonton in the slightest. Uh, you know, now granted, I mean, Darnell Nurse could maybe ratchet up his physical game once he sees that standard established. But Darnell Nurse, unlike Shea Weber, you know, still has that foot speed to handle anything he wants to the outside. So I think that's that's where you're going is if the officiating is, is in that standard, it, it helps Montreal and hurts Edmonton every time. It's never going to work to the Oilers' favor because most nights, individually, they have the two best players on the ice. And they also, in the case of this matchup, Montreal's power play and penalty killing unit, uh, Jack in the twenties, and the Oilers with the third-ranked power play in the National Hockey League. So the more call, you know, especially the way the power play uh, has been working for Montreal, you know, lately. Now I will give the Canadians credit. Uh, the one thing that that people haven't talked enough about is head to head on the kill this year. Montreal has done a good job. Has played Edmonton better than any other team in the league by far. I mean, they're up over 90%, and that's just unheard of over the last two years against the Edmonton Oilers. You're just, you're, you'll be lucky if you're batting 80%, and they're batting over 90%. So that's, that's one area where I'll give Montreal credit. Jack, you're a huge fan, uh, like I am, of other sports. Relative to basketball and the NFL, does the National Hockey League do enough to protect their stars? 
talked about this. I, I, I never, I've never thought the NHL, um, you know, was was good enough in this area. I, I, you know, and now, I mean, you can you can argue that you know the, the merits of the merits of other leagues, but certainly, you know, relative to what generally I've seen uh, in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, you know where where Michael Jordan never met a travel that he couldn't get away with, and and uh, you know certainly we've seen some some touch fouls called over the years on on uh, premier guys, and 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 likewise ordinary players don't get the credit. I think you know I do. I I, I give my head a shake sometimes uh, when I see certainly the other night Leon Drysaddle of all players get sent off for a clean check. I mean, I just, you know, it, it does make you shake your head. And, and this goes back, to be honest with you, Bob, you know, for me, uh, and I don't know, I mean, Edmonton obviously had Semenko and some guys that would protect their elite players. But I know in Pittsburgh for years, uh, you know, at times there was the thought that that Merrill Lemieux was dealing with stuff on an every night basis that no one in the no one else in the league had had to had to deal with, and it finally boiled over with his famous you know garage league comment, and that's why you know what I I think Connor McDavid when he speaks it it matters a lot, and I, I thought his comments uh, you know a week or two ago in light of. Uh, some of the rescheduling, you know, went on. I, I thought that might that might have a meaningful impact, and and I wouldn't be surprised moving forward, Bob, if if uh, if McDavid and and Drysaddle, you know, now that they're, I mean, not now, but I mean, they've been established players for a number of years. Their voices mean a lot, and I think as you get older in this league and you get into your mid to late twenties as opposed to your early to mid twenties, I think you also start recognizing. Uh, that your that your voice does make a difference. So I think we might see an uptick as far as that goes. Jack, the Evans Oilers have already won the season series against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. They're five and two against the Jets. Jets have a good team. They got a reigning Vezina Trophy winner in goal. Why has Edmonton been better so far in this matchup? Well, I think quite frankly, it's a matchup of teams that are very similar. But I think Edmonton's a little better. In in all the areas that Winnipeg is good in, and and I'm going to include the goaltender at least this year. I, I don't know whether you'd say you know the previous three or four years, but this year head to head, Mike Smith has always been a little bit better than Connor Hellebuck, and that's a big reason why Edmonton's won some of the games. But I also think the Oilers' power play is a little better, even though Winnipeg's power play is very good. I think Edmonton's. Top end players are better than Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. I, I think Winnipeg has a very talented team, but they're constructed in a similar fashion to Edmonton. And I think the Oilers are just slightly better in all the same areas that Winnipeg is. And this year, uh, not only has Smith played better than Hellebuck head to head, but I think there's a real argument to be made that the Oilers are deeper on defense than Winnipeg. And the margin by which, in my opinion, they won the, the, the trade deadline acquisition in terms of Kulikov versus Jordy Ben, I think you go up and down the lineup back there, I think Edmonton's defense is slightly better. So 
for those reasons, I think they play the same way. The Oilers have played it a little bit better, and they played it a little bit better all year. And that goes from the forwards to the D to special teams and to a net. We are going to get to our Oilers Now Audio Vault in about four minutes' time, Jack. But uh, Dave Tippett, Mark Spector, has just tweeted out on Zach Cassian. Looks like he could be out a while. We'll address that a little bit more uh, tomorrow. Not a surprise to you and me. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the absence of Cassian uh, from the Oilers lineup? Well, I think it was missed the other night against Montreal. Uh, will it be as missed as much against Winnipeg? I'm not sure. I mean, they're they're going to be down Adam Lowry. It sounds like so. Uh, and and again, Winnipeg doesn't doesn't have a you know a Josh Anderson that that is when he's going one of the premier power forwards in the league, if not the number one player in that regard. So uh, I, I think in certain matchups, Edmonton will feel the loss of Cassian mightily. Um, so I think it is significant. Look, whenever you're talking about a big, tough guy who can play and who can skate and can play on lines one through four, depending on what the game dictates, you're going to miss that guy. And I know Cassian hasn't had his strongest year, and quite frankly, you know, if you go back a full calendar year, hasn't been what he was in the first half of the 2019-20 campaign. But that doesn't mean he won't be missed. All right, Jack, great stuff. Uh, we shall uh, well uh, have a great call Monday night, and uh, we'll touch base again here over the course of next week, okay? I think you and I are back together a week from Saturday, so enjoy the next eight days. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. That is Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. It is 146 in Edmonton when we return on Oilers now into the Oilers uh, now audio vault, and we'll get to this day in Oilers history as well. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Ryan Nugent Hopkins again with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor Yamamoto today. Dominic Cahoon was with Connor McDavid and Yessa Pugliarvi. Oilers practice 11 to 12. The availability was during the course of our show today. Uh, great work by Brendan Escott as we head into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum, an appearance. He's in town after getting shoulder surgery. He had these comments on how he's feeling since the surgery. Uh, I feel good. It feels good to be here. Uh, obviously, close to the guys and being in the locker room is uh, something I really missed. Um, so I'm doing good. Can't complain. Obviously, it's a little different not being on the ice and, and, and practice and all that. But uh, I can't complain right now. Um, I know it's still pretty early days, but uh, how, how do you feel in terms of your recovery and, and hopes of, of playing for, for, for next year? Um, feel feel pretty good. Obviously, it's been just uh, uh, four weeks, so it's it's going to take some time. And obviously, there's uh, there's pain because of the surgery. But uh, just overall, I'm really happy, and and uh, the, the the surgery overall was really successful. So I'm uh, I'm really happy where I'm at right now. But obviously, I have a long way to go with the recovery. So um, I'm going to do my best during during the time in Sweden now. Uh, Clefbaum also was asked about why he delayed the decision to go under the knife. It was just a matter of the the situation overall with COVID, I think, and and like I said, the the guy who who um, 
did the incision and had surgery with me is, is probably the best in North America. And, and, and in the situation I am, I really only wanted the best. So it was just a matter of um, getting a good solution with the COVID and getting into the States. Uh, obviously, he's based in Cleveland, and it's not really easy to travel these days. There you go. That is Oscar Clefbaum. More of Clefbaum's comments tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Dmitry Kulikov also spoke after practice today. He had these thoughts on his expectations for his role in Edmonton. I don't know. Whatever is, is uh, needed for me, you know, I, I play uh, play a you know defensive role uh, in the team and really help out, you know, in in every aspect of the game. Just being a being really solid player playing in uh, every situation that uh, I'm put in and trying to trying to add uh, some some physicality to to the team and uh, you know some grit if you if you will yes or today at practice Kulikov was paired with Adam Larson he had these thoughts on that tandem it's been good you know today we we did some scrimmage uh, um, on the ice uh, you know in, in practice and I think uh, you know, it went well. Uh, we've communicated. We kind of talk about uh, things, what he likes, and how we can read off of each other. We'll see how it goes uh, in the game. We have a couple more days of practice before before the next game. All right, uh, that is Dmitry Kulikov, who again was paired uh, with Adam Larson. The Oilers had Tyson Berry back of Darnell Nurse. Caleb Jones was with Ethan Bear. To list the Oilers history for Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team at New West Travel, we have two. It's 15 years ago today, Dwayne Rolison made 33 saves. The Evans Oilers got goals from Chris Pronger, Fernando Pisani, Jared Stoll, and Brad Winchester. In a 4-2 win in Detroit to even the series at 1-1. This was the game in which uh, Isbister went and uh, grabbed the octopus that had been flung on the ice. A little bit of gamesmanship. Uh, the Oilers even their series 1-1. What a goaltending performance that year by Rollison in the 2006 playoffs. Also, we go back to 1988. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, uh, when Marty McSorley gets five in a game for spearing, but Mark Messier picks up three assists. Wayne Gretzky has a pair of his own to lead the Oilers past the Flames 4-2 in game three of the Smythe Division Finals at Northlands. That gave them a 3-0 series lead. Uh, as I uh, recall, uh, in that sequence in which McSorley got all of the spear in on Mike Bullard, the Oilers had actually scored up the ice. And uh, that was a – Bullard had to get stretched off. And, and Marty made a count. He took a headshot on a, on a hit and then was upset. And as Marty was wont to do once in a while during his NHL career, he kind of snapped a bit. But he made a count, and he targeted one of Calgary's better players, and that's just the way it was back in 1988. All right, we mentioned Reed Wilkins. He'll have more with Kulikov as well as Clefbaum and Tippett. What else has he got shaken tonight? You will hear from former NHL enforcer John Scott, as well as CEBL commissioner, former uh, CFL receiver Mike Morale, and uh, you will meet the man who actually ins- was instrumental in picking the uh, Edmonton Trappers of the PCL back in 1981, that being Keith Wells. Keith Wells is claiming that he picked the name of the team. Interesting. I think Keith Wells was also the guy that uh, uh, had spoken during uh, the outdoor uh, well, the Heritage Classic 
I might have been the same guy, if I recall correctly. Keith was a longtime Victoria-based uh, media personality. Interesting uh, fellow. All right, uh, coming up today at uh, 2 o'clock on the 6.30 chat afternoons, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization is recommending for doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine in Canada to be administered now to those age 30 and older, while the COVID variant first uh, detected in India has uh, been found in Alberta. The germ guy, Jason Tetro, joins Jalen and I to break down everything you need to know after the 2 o'clock news. Have a terrific weekend, everybody. We'll have a full preview of the Oilers game against Winnipeg. John Shannon will be one of our guests on Monday. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoons with Jalen and I. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.